Hi, Aaron. How are you? Oh, I am a little sick, but doing doing not too bad. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm glad you said that out loud because I think the the folks at home will be able to hear it and and will take pity upon thee. <laughs> I don't want anyone to worry. Yeah, no, you're fine. <laughs> but if you do hear Alan being a little sniffle snuffle off, I guess then that's what it is. Oh man, I can't even pretend to say that sniffle snuffle love guess? Snuffleupagus. Snuffleupagus. Do you know who that is? Like the heffalump from Winnie the Pooh? No. <laughs> Snuffleupagus <laughs> is a Muppet. <laughs> oh, I did not watch the Muppets growing up. Oh, well, now I know what I'm going to make you watch in our spare time. In all <laughs> of our abundant spare time. Yeah, all of it. All two yeah. minutes of it. That's hilarious. No, Snuffleupagus is one of my favorite. He's on Sesame Street. I thought he was a Muppet. Oh, the Muppets are Sesame Street. Whoa. Oh yeah, it's all the Jim Henson Muppets. Oh. Yeah. We've had this discussion before. <laughs> we can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I guess I didn't think, listen, I was not a huge Sesame. I was, I'm not big into Muppets, like, yeah, in, in any form. Oh, yeah. Obviously, what does that mean? I don't give well, vibes of a Muppet love. We've had this discussion like seven <laughs> times. Of course you're not into Muppets. <laughs> wow. <sighs> okay. <laughs> this episode isn't about Muppets. Oh, is it not? What's it about, Aaron? No. So, hello, <laughs> dear listeners. This episode is coming to you in such a weird roundabout way. Um, <laughs> so we are currently re-recording an intro for the long lost episode from before the strikes. From the vault. From the vault. Because woohoo, the strikes are over Woo! with a giant ass asterisk that we will talk about in a minute. But we were like, you know what? We don't have it in us to record another episode. So instead, <laughs> what we're going to do is just re-record this intro, and then we'll put it, like, smash, bang, boom, on the beginning of the previous episode that we already have in the vault, and then we'll have an episode ready to go before we uh, go into our holiday spectacular and the end of the current season. <laughs> so that's what we're doing today. Yeah, we, we figured we didn't want to deprive you all of the joy of an unreleased Ficklist episode, so... Correct. Here you are. Season's greetings to all. <laughs> Season's greetings. Fair warning, it's going to be wildly out of touch with the time. Oh, yeah. So, oh, I don't <laughs> so even remember what things were ta talked about in that oh, episode. I don't either. I'm sure when we go to splice this back in, we'll be like, oh, yikes. But, you know, <laughs> that's what it is. The world is moving at such a clip that it is impossible to sort of keep up with things. Anyway. Yeah. So just bear in mind if there's some sort of like bristly moments, that's why. It's because we recorded this episode, I think, in like June. Yeah, it was like right before it happened. Yeah. And like we just didn't get it out in time is the problem. So it's been sitting in our like coffers waiting to be released. <laughs> um, what is the episode, Alan? <laughs> We're doing tattoo AUs today. Woohoo! Woo! We love a tattoo shop AU. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we went off on a tangent then about why we love tattoo shop AUs. So I don't know that we have to do it again. We will certainly find out in about, I don't know, however long it takes us to get through some of the <laughs> remaining updates that we have for you because we do have other updates oh, to man, share. Oh, man. So many updates. Yeah. But like, we're just going to do it and it's going to be fine. And then every everyone can go like pause the episode, get a snack and then settle in. Yeah, exactly. Think of us as the MCs to your evening with the thick list. Correct. It's going to be, we're going to take an episode that's probably already too long and make it longer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is like Masterpiece Theater in a way. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to the thick list. Yeah. <laughs> Today's uh, episode. 
100%. I went to Disney World with my brother and went on the Muppets theater ride for the first time ever. Ooh. And it feels very much like that, where, like, we're the two, like, grouchy Muppets <laughs> up in the balcony. Yes, in the box. Is, we're like, oh, <laughs> this is terrible. Oh. We're that. Yep. Yeah, but also somehow sense. Kermit trying to keep everything from imploding <laughs> simultaneously. Everyone is a mixture of two Muppets, I've heard. <laughs> you, you have two Muppets inside you. <laughs> At all times. Uh, uh, yikes. Well, anyway, I guess we should go down the list of the other outline stuff that I said that we should talk about before we can get into this episode. <laughs> yes, a beautiful outline you've laid out. Thank you. This may be the last one. Who's to say? Or maybe I'll keep doing it because it's actually really helpful. <laughs> Who knows? I guess only time will tell. Only time will tell. Um, as is now our tradition, we're going to start by shouting out our Ko-Fi supporters. Yes! Dion, our stalwart Dion. recurring member oh. supporter. We still love you. I don't think we've interacted with you at all. You're just right. like our wonderful patron out there. And we just, we still love you. Okay. So thank you again, Dion, for continuing to support us. You're the best. Also, thank you to Allie, who sent a really lovely one-time donation with an incredibly kind note. Oh, Allie, so, thank you so much. That's so kind of you. Yeah. So thank you to everybody who supported us this year. It has meant the world. It continues to mean the world. If you are somebody who would like to support us on Ko-Fi, you can do so in truly any amount. I set the minimum <laughs> amount to a dollar because that was the least it would let me do. If it would let Amazing. me do a cent, I would have. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But yep. So you can do that. It's ko-fi.com slash thicklist or whatever. Just find it. It's there. <laughs> Go to the thicklist.com. You'll find all our links there. Exactly. Uh, and speaking of thicklist updates... It's been a little while since we recorded and we've oh, done some wow. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the last time we recorded was it would have been in September and it yeah. is now November 19th. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Yeah, so we've we've gone and done some stuff since then that was pretty noteworthy. Alan, Alan what was what was one of those noteworthy things? Well, we did a con again. We had we were lucky enough to be uh, accepted into a panel mm-hmm. that we hosted with a friend of the podcast, um, one Burke um, mm-hmm. <laughs> of Doctor Alpha fame, um, and we it's Professor Alpha. But that's fine. oh, thank you so much. <laughs> that's really embarrassing. Um, sorry, Burke. <laughs> <laughs> We uh, we attended New York Comic Con in October, mid-October to be exact. We did indeed. Um, it was wild. Um, I am so grateful to everybody who made it out to come see the panel. Mai was there. Uh, Eliza yes. was there. Like uh, Several people who have been following us this whole time were able to attend. Burke live-streamed it, which was super fun. And mm-hmm. then it's now on our YouTube channel. And it was just the most like i think the our room held somewhere in the vicinity of 400 people and i'm pretty sure we had a full house oh wow so that to me is just like absolutely bonkers and we i mean it was just so fucking fun Mm -hmm. to like do it and i mean it was a lot of work but it was also well worth it absolutely so if you have any interest in um checking out our new york comic-con panel um titled in a bridge an unhinged history of fan fiction. Um, head on over to our YouTube channel. Indeed. It's there. It it's good. 
think. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good one. It's quite literally the history of fan fiction, mostly focusing on Star Trek onward with a little bit of pre-contextual history thrown in there at the very top of the show, which is, you know. Yeah. And then we talked about things like Super Hulak and Omegaverse. So. <laughs> <laughs> come laugh, come yeah. cry, come learn a bit or two. Come talk about how much we all hate Anne Rice. <laughs> <laughs> May she rest in peace. In pieces! Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so New York Comic Con, and then the rest of the weekend was absolutely overwhelming. And I, if we go again, I'm just going to only go the day that <laughs> we Yeah, do. exactly. It was so much. It was so much, but it was so fun. And then more recently, we had our first brand deal. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Baby's first brand deal. Baby's first brand deals. So if you are somebody who doesn't follow us on TikTok, then you probably don't know about our little collaboration with Squishables, <laughs> the plushy people. We literally like were like talking about Mothman, the squishy Mothman on an episode of the podcast. And I like accidentally girl bossed my way into being friends with them on tiktok (laughs) (laughs) and turns out they like our podcast and now we're buds with them so (laughs) that was pretty baller um and i feel really special about it because it was uh mostly me (laughs) not gonna lie (laughs) absolutely yeah you handled all of the logistics to that you reached out you maintained that uh business con like contact well done thank you and it was yeah really really exciting that tiktok did not do well unfortunately it really bombed um it was just the timing was really bad so it was just one of those things where i was like well okay (laughs) just moved on with my life but i'm hoping they continue yeah i'm hoping they continue to want to sort of work with us in the future because they've been really really great to work with and they're a good company like Mm -hmm. we've known them for a long time um just as you know consumers frankly as fan i've certainly they've been around the fandom block for a while and there's a store in one of our local malls that sells them which i think is absolutely bonkersville so yeah squishables um and any other company that might want to work with us uh we're influencers now so <laughs> I hate that, for but... all business inquiries please email the fic list yeah. <laughs> at gmail.com that actually might be a real thing so keep your eye out um one of the things that we're talking about potentially doing next year is doing some like small business mm-hmm. advertisements to try to support the podcast so if you are a fandom or fandom adjacent small business for real write down the fic list at gmail.com and uh, keep us in mind and um we'll let you know more when we know more because it's still very much in process but just a heads up a little teaser <laughs> exciting things to come oh yeah exciting things to come speaking of capitalism should we do a final <laughs> strike update <laughs> oh man the final yes and bring us home Aaron. i'll bring us home so uh, the strike z- are technically <laughs> over yay in truly good news, the WGA strike is fully over. It, they won. Hooray. They, like, Woo! fucking did it. They did the damn thing. They're, the WGA strike, the writer strike, ended on September 27th, and the WGA membership ratified their updated contract with a 99% approval vote on October wow. 9th. 99%. I don't know how... I don't think anybody in the arts ever agrees 99% on anything. Correct, correct. So, holy shit. <laughs> It's probably because they won almost everything they asked for from Vox. The updated contract includes increases to minimum wage and compensation, increased pension and health fund rates, improvements to terms for length of employment and size of writing teams, which had been shrinking dramatically in recent years, and better residuals, which are similar to royalties, including foreign streaming residuals, which is a new residual type. That's great. The new contract also lays out terms for artificial intelligence with an agreement that doesn't prevent writers or productions from making use of generative AI, but prohibits using software to reduce or eliminate writers and their pay. 
Excellent. Yes. Love to hear it. And then there's SAG. (laughs) (laughs) Surely, surely it must be good, right? Uh, SAG. (laughs) In true actor's fashion, it's just kind of a clusterfuck. <laughs> I love you all so much, but like you're just not as organized. I it's just, true. Absolutely yeah. true. So the SAG after strike is also over, as you may have seen out in the world, but it's a little bit more complicated than that. A tentative agreement has been reached with the AMPTP. It was reached on November 8th, and union leadership called for an end to the, to the strike as of that moment. Yay. Woo. Kind of. (laughs) Um, However, this contract hasn't been ratified by the membership yet, and there's a lot of grumblings. I don't know if you all have seen or heard any of the grumblings. Uh, No, I have not. Okay. So basically, a lot of the concerns are rightfully so around the protections or lack thereof against AI replacement of actors, especially like on the lowest sort of like levels of production. So background Mm -hmm. actors and things like that. Right. Basically, the language doesn't specify that actors have to be human beings. So, oh and, no, yeah, and that was like a big piece of the puzzle is that big corporations want to be able to scan actors and use them as like indefinitely as AI like fillers, basically, instead of having to then hire background actors. And there's some language in the contract about prohibiting that on a case by case basis. Which works well if you have an entertainment lawyer or if you are a big name and have some leverage. But if you're just some no-name background actor, how are you, they're just not going to hire you if you don't sign on to it. And that's right. the problem. Is like It isn't well thought out in terms of like how to protect people who don't already have power, which is the point of a union and the point of mm-hmm. collective bargaining. So that's the problem primarily right now. Rough. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yep. So as of today, November 19th, SAG after members have not voted to ratify the contract. Um, It remains to be seen if they'll do so. The ratification deadline is sometime in early December. If the membership votes no on that contract, (laughs) union leadership is going to be in a bit of a pickle. Oh, (laughs) Um, God. Yeah. And basically, no one outside of the union really knows what will happen next i mean they'll have to go back into negotiations with the amptp but it kind of remains to be seen if the strike will resume or if they because the union leadership has said basically the strike is over we're not going back on strike which i think is kind of suspect like yeah it's weird so it's everything (laughs) yeah what a weird place to be yeah and i will say like as much as i love unions sometimes union leadership is not always right and they're not always like they're fallible because they're people sure yeah and i think there could be a myriad of reasons why they handled this the way that they handled it some Mm -hmm. reasons thoughtful and some somewhat conspiratorial but like it just seems like they maybe took about three steps too soon to like in calling off the strike right but it is over and so we can talk about stuff and uh, we'll just see how the rest of that goes. Yeah, we'll just keep uh, keep an eye out on how things continue to unfurl there. Yeah, so who's to say? Um, some more union information. Both Marvel and Disney visual effects crews have moved to unionize, which is good news. Excellent, yeah. As of September 12th, Marvel visual effects workers voted unanimously to join IATSE, the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. Disney uh, visual effects followed suit, also voting unanimously to join IATSE as of October 2nd. 
something nice. important to remember about IATSE is that the <laughs> motion and picture and TV folk go up for their contract renewal next year. So, uh, fun. Who, who's to say how this is all going to pan out? <laughs> who knows? Um, yeah, that's the strike update. That's great. Thank you so much for those updates. You're welcome. And then I think we wanted to do one more acknowledgement, and this one is much more serious, and I think... It's much more nuanced. Yeah, there can be no sort of, like, funny way through it, or, like, it's just not. There's a lot of things that are happening in the world right now. Most specifically, what has been on my mind a lot is what has been happening in Gaza and in Palestine Mm -hmm. to the people of Palestine at the hands of the Israeli government. And I think we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge that that is happening, that there is an ongoing genocide, that there are Mm -hmm. actually a number of ongoing genocides going on in the world, in Congo, in Sudan, and elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And... I know my TikTok feed and my social media feed has been, you know, rightfully just absolutely devastating to watch and seeing these people go through hell has really opened my eyes to the severity of the situation and frankly made me a little bit ashamed of not knowing more and falling sort of victim to the narrative of like, well, it's complicated. Parts of it are certainly complicated. How we move forward from here, if a ceasefire is reached, which it should, Mm -hmm. absolutely is going to be complicated. But I don't feel it's at all complicated to say that what is happening is a genocide and needs to stop. There should be a ceasefire now. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I I agree. I think that there's a lot of you know nuance and a lot of things we can continue to talk uh, talk through and context that maybe we don't have fully Mm -hmm. or are not the most informed in but the one thing that i think we feel pretty strongly about is that there is you know horrors being committed against humanity and that those should stop and have no place in uh the society that we claim to be Mm -hmm. so i think the calling a ceasefire is what we are all hoping for at least on this end Yep. And I think we can hold space, too, for the complexity of what I know particularly American Jewish people are probably feeling right now as this Mm -hmm. is being done in their names. And I cannot fathom what it's like to be in that situation and to be at once a group that has experienced victimization in their own way, Mm -hmm. um, both generationally and continuing, because anti-Semitism is a huge and growing issue. Yeah. and to also see what's going on in the news and sort of have this thing, you know, Israel is pretty central to a lot of Jewish identity, or it mm-hmm. can be in some ways, yes. is my understanding of it. And to have to reckon with that in real time and grieve in real time, I can't imagine that either. And I think it is part of my my stance for myself, at least, because I am not Palestinian, I am not from the Middle East, that Mm -hmm. it is part of my responsibility to also hold space for that grief, the same way that I, as a white person, try to hold space for people who are entering racial justice work for the first time and are Mm -hmm. really struggling with understanding their white privilege and really grieving, like, their understanding of the world going away. Yeah. Because that is hard. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. (laughs) You absolutely should. But I think we can also hold space for that grief and understand the complexity of that. I think that that's very well said, and I would agree. Thanks. So, yeah, one of the things that I think is related to this and sort of uh, to segue into the episode that we're about to share with you is that, one, like, the tone doesn't match the world that we're in right now. <laughs> <It> yeah. <just laughs> doesn't. Also, like, 
uh, all of that to say like there's also some debate right now about like certain celebrities who are or are not in favor of ceasefire influencers who do or do not speak up and i like it comes back to the question of like what responsibility do artists have in moments of crisis Mm -hmm. Waititi, we we're gonna talk about our flag means death in this upcoming episode and taiko waititi has uh you know spoken briefly sort of quietly in favor of israel oh wow and i'm struggling with that honestly yeah yeah i've not like, heard that yeah it's tough and like it's been pretty quiet like i don't know that he signed basically one letter that was in favor of like israel's ongoing you know trying to um you know get hostages back which isn't inherently a bad thing to say i think right I yes, <laughs> I would hope that both sides would be able to get their hostages back. I don't think hostages should be taken. Yep. Um, but it does call into question for me some of my, I don't know. It's just like it's hard to sit with the complexity of that. And I understand that some people, rightfully, are going to be like, "Well, I just won't engage with anyone's work if they are not explicitly pro-Palestine." Right. So just know that, like. We're sitting in that complexity, too, and I don't think we have answers for that. Mm-hmm. This episode does dive into Our Flag Means Death, which has done many good things for the queer community and has been, you know, it's one of the more, like, racially diverse shows out there. And it's just, it, it's all complicated. <laughs> yeah. And there's... As many things in life are. Yeah. So if you're like, you know what, I'm not interested in listening to this right now, then, like, that's fine. We won't, we won't. Judge. Understood. Yeah. Yep. It's totally cool. Do what you need to do. That's what's important at this particular moment, exactly. dear listeners. So with that, <laughs> I guess we segue <laughs> into the episode. Like, it oh feels, man, it's a hard left turn, but it is, yeah. And it's like it feels weird to be fe- like it feels a little like we're passing the torch on to our- ourselves and just being like, "Hope you did a good job that day, yeah. that particular day, bud." Hope you didn't suck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. Past Aaron. Good luck, man. I'm sure we were great. I'm sure we were delightful and charming and so funny. I don't remember. Because that is our way. Well, I don't remember because you edited this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Who's to say? Yeah, once I ship the cobwebs off of it, I'll let you know. (laughs) Great. Love that for us. Okay. Well, all that said, let's segue into Tattoo Shop AU. Enjoy. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Fick List, everybody. Hey, welcome back. <laughs> We're back. We've had a snack. <laughs> We've had a snack. We're ready. Yep. Um, how are you, Aaron? <laughs> I'm just joking. You know... <laughs> We're we're here. We're queer. It's still Pride, probably. Pride month. Woohoo. Um, we're here. Wow. Episode two, season five. Which is, again wild to think still wild mm-hmm. uh we haven't had any more time to sit and process that information because we've been talking for two and a half hours about <laughs> a different set of fix oh. and then uh we had one piece of bread each and now we're back <laughs> <laughs> we're restored uh we feel uh emotionally and mentally prepared to take on another another tag well, once we, once we were given uh, our slice of bread i don't know about mentally prepared <laughs> 
That might be a strong statement. <laughs> That's true. But really, who comes to an episode of The Fick List for mentally prepared individuals? What are we talking about in this episode, Alan? Assuming my cat doesn't eat itself <laughs> through the window. Sure, she will She can't. Not. At home, friends at home, if this stays in the episode, my cat is physically incapable of going through two panes of glass. So We're talking about tattoo shop AUs today, if you are a member of our discord server this is the episode that i was teasing in the discord server Ooh. Uh, and everybody was like what the fuck that's a non-hint hint can and i know what, what was this non-hint hint if you were in the discord you would know i am uh, in the discord i just was I just, you did not check it i didn't see it well, everybody <laughs> wanted a hint as to what the next uh tags were going to be because i said we're recording or you know we had just decided on them yeah and they were like in my was like hint hint Hint, hint. Hi, my. Um, and I was like, you cannot have a hint. And she was like, hint, 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 hint. And then she just wore me down. And I went, okay, fine. Okay, one hint. And she went, great. And then uh, the hint was one of the two tags that we're talking about um, is very often paired with a tag that we've already discussed. And I believe it was Marissa who said, that's not helpful. <laughs> God damn it. And I was like, yep, correct. It is not helpful. Mission accomplished. Yeah. So the it was really, really funny. Um, and I thought I was hilarious. And then I went about my business. And so this Love is it. it. Uh, and Tattoo Shop, obviously, is very often paired with Florist AUs. Fine. Which is an episode we talked about, or a tag we talked about in a previous episode. Um, so that's why it was the hint that I gave. Because <laughs> I'm mean. Well, we so then we're already kind of talking about this. So yes. I'm curious, Aaron, what in your mind is like quintessential tattoo shop at you? What do you want to see when you click onto a fic that uh, has tattoo shop at yes. you? I really need there to be a tattoo shop. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> kind of it I was like, it's uh, a thanks for tuning into the series yeah. uh, finale <laughs> oh, of no. the pick list. <laughs> one and then ah. whatever um yeah no i mean i think tattoo shops are akin to coffee shops mm -hmm. bakeries that kind of thing where it's like you're really taking these characters that you know and love and just resetting them in a in a setting and some characters lend themselves extremely well to a yeah. tattoo shop au and sometimes it's not the characters that you would think i think we chose characters that are very clearly <laughs> <laughs> we're like, yeah, this yeah. is not a large leap. Yeah, it's not a long leap of logic. Um, but some sometimes it's just about sort of the vibes and the energy mm. of like this character is, you know, a badass, this character is maybe like a little dark and broody. A hint of dangerous. A hint of danger. Or like it would be fun to explore that aspect yeah. of this character more. And tattoo shops have this aura of sort of maybe not secrecy but it's sort of like a badass vibe and yeah. like only cool kids get tattoos yeah. i have a tattoo yeah you do um i was like i'm done now i got my one i was like <laughs> i'm good um but like you know it, it's like a coolness factor yeah. and like whatever so i really love when it's sort of like a grumpy sunshine dichotomy yeah. in a tattoo shop AU. Stuff like that, I think, is fun. I I don't seek them out. I mm -hmm. don't know that I go out of my way for them the way that I do with some other types of AUs, but I very rarely turn away from one. Like, it's yeah. it's pretty hard for me to be like, this is not a thing that I enjoy. <laughs> There's also, like, sometimes an element of enemies to lovers, which can be great. Like, mm -hmm. it just really depends. I just love tattoo shops. Um, do you... What do you enjoy about the tattoo shop AUs? Do you enjoy them? Is it something that you read? I felt very similar to what you just said about... Um, I don't, like necessarily seek them out but whenever mm -hmm. i come across one i'm like oh i love a tattoo shop au yeah and i think for a lot of the reasons that you also talked about it like they're uh, it's easy to kind of put some characters in that like in that space mm -hmm. um and there is a kind of like danger kind of like bad boy 
fantasy fulfillment that comes yeah. from it. Um, and also, I feel like tattoos are inherently like super personal. Like, oh yeah, it's another person an getting super there. close into yeah intimacy, mm-hmm. but like they're getting into your space. They're like putting art on your body the mm-hmm. like physical sensation of a tattoo i've never gotten a tattoo not yet um <laughs> but i would like to <laughs> do you know what you want um i have general ideas but i'm just i need to reach out to people and i'm just i'm so socially anxious getting a tattoo consultation in this day and age is brutal stressful it's so hard yeah it took probably two years <sighs> for me to actually get into a tattoo chair okay yeah yeah that's it's kind of the experience worse I'm than having. finding a therapist <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I did not have an easy time finding a therapist. Bummer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think like there's just an inherent intimacy already yeah. prescribed to a tattoo, getting a tattoo or being a tattoo artist that I'm like, I love that. Mm-hmm. It's the significant hand touch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is why we can't record out of order. 100% can't ever record yeah, out of order. It's good that we got our answer immediately yeah. about why we didn't do it the other yeah, way. Yeah, um, I, I As you were talking, I was like... <laughs> Also, pain can sometimes be fun. <laughs> true, <laughs> true. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a thing people like. <laughs> Not my thing necessarily. Right, right. But I was like, all right, sometimes, yeah, there are. I have definitely read tattoo shop AUs where the pain was part of it for mm-hmm. them. And like that was like either something that you know they were you know in their relationship navigating or like one of them was really into it or like something like that there's a it's been zero episodes there's a magician's (laughs) fic where it's like they use basically magic ink that disappears Mm. and because the act of tattooing puts q in subspace but Uh, he doesn't obviously doesn't want like tattoos on tattoos on tattoos so elliot will like do a tattoo as like a scene wild and then the tattoo like stays for a little bit and then it disappears and they could do it again. Which it's I temporary thought was tattoos. Basically, but it's like the same. It is still like a needle. Like it's yeah, still the the, the, the process of it. of it. Fascinating. Which I thought was interesting. That so, is cool. Yeah, there's an element of that at play too. So, you know, the BDSM thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which in fic is a thing. Yeah. In real life is a thing. <laughs> so, yeah, that could be part of it too. I love it. Very fun. So, should, should I launch into what you sent me for this i guess so yeah does that make sense i think it makes sense i think so yeah we don't have as much to touch base about this time i think (laughs) you're like i don't think we're gonna just spend two and a half hours talking about this (laughs) we could now i've challenged us to (laughs) is now my chance to do my judy garland tribute (laughs) (laughs) this is why we can't do episodes out of order (laughs) no (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) okay um yeah so you sent me a our flag means death thick fucking finally which i was i was talking to courtney about this my best friend um and i was like she was asking me what what are the fix for this this tag and i was like oh well i have to read from aaron a stranger things fic and an our flags means death fic which i think are both things we've already covered on the show we have not and then i went back and i looked and i was like oh we went through a whole season and just never touched our flag means death and the thing is it was this trifecta of releases that happened and we talked about heartstopper we talked about stranger things but because heartstopper and our flag happened so close together and then i hit steady hyperfixation which has not abated correct um (laughs) we just never got around to it we talked about it in context of the uh renewal Renewal process yeah yeah but we didn't actually talk about the show which was wild to me because i was so sure we had Uh so long overdue yeah i I think also one of the conversations and i don't know if it was recorded on an episode but one of the conversations we had regarding the fandom 
was that uh, starting out, like the love for it was deep, but the fanfic for it wasn't quite there yet. Like it was a slow it took roll some time. up. Yeah, yeah, like it took off, mm-hmm. but it it was a sort of a delayed launch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's an our flag, our flag means death uh, fic. It's on archive of our own, and it is titled "The Chains of Flowers Are Fragile Things." It is written by Captain Honey, and the summary reads. Steed can't see the shop he's inherited from his late father as anything other than a burden, another insult added to a life that's going nowhere fast. Then he meets the charismatic man who owns the tattoo studio next door, and Steed finds himself forced to consider the idea of home. Edward is trying to escape a history of violence and settle it in, and settle into his art, but he keeps finding himself caught in old patterns. Then Steed moves in, and Edward starts to believe he might be deserving of something more. And that's the fic. That's yeah, it. Yeah. There, fully in a nutshell, that was yeah. absolutely that's all the major points. nail on the head. Yeah. Also, dear listeners, dear Aaron, can we talk about the absolute insanity and hilarity of you having sent me a Stranger Things fic uh-huh. with Steve and Eddie. Eddie. Uh-huh. And now I had to read a, <laughs> another Steed fic with Ed. Steed and Ed. Uh-huh. I was like, you're, you're telling me. me. You're telling me. <laughs> you're killing me. I've been sitting in this this uh, this realization since about a year ago <laughs> where I was like, I have one. I got three looks. <laughs> three looks. <laughs> They're all Steve and Eddie in some capacity. Uh, That's yeah. hysterical. I when I I made that realization, I laughed for ages. Yeah, it is funny. Legend says he's still laughing today. <laughs> uh, the fandom also thinks it's hilarious. Yeah, we all, like because the crossover between the R flag and the Stranger Things fandom is significant. Really? Yeah, or That's at least wild. it is on TikTok. I don't know if it's true elsewhere, but like a lot of people that were really into our flag also picked really like really picked up Steve and Eddie. And wow. then we were all like, this is hilarious. That, we that just is basically, hysterical. Like, you know, two flavors of the same popsicle. <laughs> like, yeah, it was the same thing. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I took no notes for this one. Great. <laughs> so good we're luck to wing you. It. Collect, good luck to the listener. Good luck to me. <laughs> Godspeed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, our, our fic opens on the like, funeral or the wake of steed's father mm-hmm. um steed has inherited the butcher shop and in this like not actually named coastal town somewhere yeah. in the u.s is Correct. what the author eventually tells us like i'm picturing it somewhere in the u.s but it has a lot of expats a lot of yeah. uh uk and new zealand folks the author in. took a lot of liberties and said so and was yeah. like this is my fic i don't give a shit and we yeah. were like perfect Great. which i respected the hell out of it's so <laughs> funny yeah, yeah. They, there were just points where they're like we're just gonna ignore the logistics of that right <laughs> and i was like perfect yes we are that works for me hello fan fiction my old friend <laughs> i love this that's one of the things i love about fanfic is it's yes. like i'm not apologizing yes this you apologize my, to me this is my sandbox get the fuck out of here <laughs> um so we open up on the wake of steed's father he's inherited this butcher shop uh and an apartment uh that is connected uh, over the shop and steed is a little shocked i remember him being like oh that's weird like i didn't like him and his father were not on good terms they were not on yeah. speaking terms and so yeah. he was like i was surprised to have gotten anything and then it made a little more sense when he walked into the yeah. apartment and the it was just really run down really yeah he didn't know what to do so it was He's it, like oh th- this sucks that's yeah, why it yeah. was one last fuck you from his father essentially right. and so he um we we have this whole chapter in which he's talking about 
um, how disconnected he feels from his father. And like uh, we go through, he's at this point now, no longer with Mary. Uh, Mary is with Doug. Yes. Yes. Good job, Alan. Yeah. And so he's really grappling with the fact that he doesn't know what he wants out of life. He Mm -hmm. like has always, he was trapped uh, in this marriage with Mary for X amount of time. And now Mary's moved on, is very happy with Doug. Um, and Steed is kind of left at a loss and now yeah. feels like, okay, I have to be here. I'm stuck here now until I can sell this. Another instance in which Steed is like, I'm being shoved into circumstances that I don't want to be in. Do right. I know where I want to be? No, but this sucks. And so he's cleaning yeah. out the shop. He's like trying to sell it. He's trying to essentially clean it up, right. sell it, and then get the hell out of Dodge. And be done. Yeah. Um, on like one of these days when he's like cleaning, um, there's a knock to his door and he goes out and he meets Edward who is the owner of the tattoo studio next door. Mm -hmm. And Ed says, Oh, Hey, you have a delivery. Uh, I signed for it. um, Cause I figured you'd be pretty busy with the funeral and everything. Um, Mm -hmm. Here it is. It's this massive crate of like uh, of meat, essentially that needs to be butchered. Right. And and Steve's like, uh, I can't do that. Right. <laughs> like he's like, it's oh shit, no. and I, I I would have turned it away, but mm-hmm. it's too late now. And Ed feels bad, and he's like, oh shit, I'm so sorry. Like I, yeah. I shouldn't have tried. And she's like, no, 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 like, don't worry. Like, you shouldn't apologize for helping. Right. And so, you know, let's keep in mind that his first interaction with Ed is that Ed was trying to do a nice thing. Before having even met Steed, he was trying to do a a kind thing and Mm -hmm. help him out. Um, And so Steed is like, would you want this meat? Like, I just, I'm not going to go through it. Do you know anyone who might want it? Like, it's just going to get thrown out otherwise. And I would rather see people eat it or like enjoy it. And it's like, I, I know a few people I can make a call. And Steed is so grateful. He's like, thank you so much. You're, you're doing me a favor. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of their beginning of the of their friendship. And they get mm-hmm. close pretty quickly. Like, yes. it is clear to both of them that they like the company of one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they start to, like, have a conversation. Um, they start to get closer. And during their first interaction... Um, one of the things that comes up is Ed asks Steed if he has a tattoo um, mm. or he's like, you, you probably don't have any tattoos. You don't seem like the kind. And Steed like blushes, goes beat red and is like, oh, well, about that. Mm. Um, <laughs> and Steed says, well, I've got a small one, and, but it's not anywhere that I can like show you. Yeah. And Ed is immediately like, I need to see. You've like got a tell dog me. with a bone. Like, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> Um, <laughs> that comes back into play later. <laughs> <laughs> it sure does. Um, and so they get closer. They start to hang out. Um, and Edward immediately is kind of understand, like kind of immediately understands that he is attracted to Steed, that he yeah. likes Steed. Steed um, has not, like is very clearly not come to terms with his sexuality or his attraction to men. And so is not, uh, immediately receptive or open about how he's feeling about that. Um, one day Edward goes, uh, is walking around town and notices that the flower shop is closing. And mm. so he goes in and talks to the owners of that shop and he's like, oh, you know, I, he's, he's on good terms with them. And they say, oh, yeah, well, we're, we're retiring and someone made like a really uh, good offer for it. Like clearly they're they're like they think that this area is going to take off. So they're going to build like condos or something. And they're like, but it's not our problem. We got a good deal. So we're getting out of here. Right. And Edward's like, I can't begrudge you that. However, 
do you, have you like sold all of your florist stuff like, like your all stock of, yeah your yeah. stock and like the tools and stuff and they're like well no not yet we, well, that'll come in the next two weeks or so and he's like if you I, he's like i think i may have someone who would be interested if you would give me a chance to talk to them and they say yeah of course so edward immediately goes to steve and he's like hey how about a flower shop you know yeah um you said yeah, you wanted to help people like in one of the conversations is like steed essentially tells that i don't know i'm kind of directionless i don't really right. i have an office job but i don't really do anything at it and so edward says well this is a chance for you to do something and also help the people because mm-hmm. there's a i think one of the only landmarks in this small coastal town other than the coast is a cemetery yeah <laughs> in which everyone is buried and so people there's funerals there's weddings and so people yeah. need flowers and steed immediately is like that's a phenomenal idea. I did get my floristry yeah. <laughs> certification <Convenient>. or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Conveniently, I'm licensed to do that. Exactly. And I was like, I didn't know you need a license to flower, but okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, and so begins Steed's venture uh, as a flower shop. He throws himself into it, re- uh, remodels the whole of the butcher shop, which is now a flower shop, uh, has bought out the stock and he's set up pretty well. He has Lucius as an assistant, Lucius as an assistant, um, we love Lucius. We do. Um, the ensemble cast. Yeah, truly, truly. Makes this show. Anyway, and Olu continue. is his delivery Olu. driver. We love Olu. I love Olu. Um, so the flower shop is all set up. We come up on uh, the anniversary of, a, of Edward having taken ownership of his tattoo studio. And so there's like a massive party. Mm-hmm. Like a ton of alcohol really loud music and because they are neighbors with steed who is living in the apartment above his flower shop um at like two o'clock in the morning or something steed rush rushes over with his in his pajamas and is like can you turn the fucking racket down yeah and a very drunk ed is like come in here let's have a yeah. drink and so steed agrees to having a drink with ed uh because Ed i think throws in his face like not throws in his face but brings up the fact that he has a flower shop because it was ed's idea yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like yeah all right i'll have a drink yeah <laughs> you raise good points <laughs> yeah. and so but he does ask to go to like somewhere less loud yeah and so they yeah, go yeah. and like they they find a dark room mm-hmm. and they're locking key and they're mm-hmm. drinking and they're getting to know each other and um this is a point in which uh ed starts to divulge his past to mm-hmm. um steed and so essentially the tattoo shop is known to be like a biker gang kind of a establishment like usually yeah. was run by biker gangs was run by um jack um i don't remember his last name but nope. you know jack i got nothing yeah the um, asshole jack asshole jack yeah um and w- that meant that edward was also a part is was a part of this gang but he's like i'm not really anymore like i'm trying mm-hmm. to move past that point in my life and so he thinks that Steve's going to be afraid of that and Steve's kind of like well no that's not you anymore that's that's yeah. fine we all have a past kind of thing yeah uh-huh in this conversation i think they have uh steed finally shows his tattoo to edward um which is his ex-wife's yeah. name uh as a tramp stamp yeah that he got while he was very very drunk one yeah. night on the anniversary on his wedding anniversary because he 
was at a loss as to like what to get her how to prove that he was like invested and that he like cared about her and so he's like a tattoo a great idea she hated it and so now he's yeah. like scarred and apparently uh the, it's like a real bad tattoo. it's a really bad tattoo according to ed and so they have a conversation about what that could look like and uh ed starts to draw on him like some possible ideas and it's all like steamy which is lovely and so they leave that evening and steed is more confused than ever and so i think steed has kind of been trying to like uh make distance between the two of them uh because he's like i just i don't i don't know that i necessarily want to be involved with like any biker kind of thing and also like i don't know how i'm feeling and i don't want to deal with that um we have uh, at a certain point olu gets sick and mm-hmm. steed and olu are the ones that go uh like certain mornings of the week like at the crack of dawn before dawn yeah. even they like they're on the road at 4 a.m to go to like this wholesale market to right. buy all of the stock all of the flowers for steed's shop and one morning uh olu is sick yeah. and steed says well why don't you uh, you know, don't worry about it. I'll figure it out. And Ed happens to be there and says, okay, well, I can go. Like, I, yeah. I don't mind being the one to to drive you. And Steve's like, are you sure? It's really early. And um, Ed's like, no, no, yeah, that's fine. And I think they're actually at Steve's apartment currently. Mm-hmm. And just having a drink. And Steve says, okay, well, I think then we should probably go to bed. Uh, you, you, you have the couch and that's fine. Um, and I'll wake you up later. Um and immediately like edward is like this is the most comfortable uh, couch he's like this is more comfortable than what i have at home yeah like it's more comfortable than my bed so you get the sense that like ed is really taken by the like homey hominess the feeling of home that he gets when he's with steve well and there's a very clear sort of like disparity in experience that definitely is canon like adjacent it is a re it's a reinterpretation of steed being landed nobility basically and uh blackbeard being a pirate like it is you know steed comes from wealth yeah and edward does not like absolutely does not (laughs) he lives in a trailer like he a lot of his stuff is stuff that he's gotten just sort of like second third fourth hand and it's kind of you know trash just from being old and like used to within its last legs so he's in this apartment and he's like, oh, shit, <laughs> <laughs> this is, you know, this is some nice shit that he's got here. And it's like, yeah, he has some complicated feelings about that. Similarly to the show. Yeah. Thank you You're for the contextualization. So they go to the market the next morning. Ed is not happy. He's mm-hmm. like, it's it's too fucking early to be out. Yeah. Uh, but Steve promises him breakfast at a bakery afterwards. Yeah. They go and they, they're getting their flowers. And the very last part of the trip is Steve asking ed like what kind of flowers do you like maybe you can help me come up with the window display and so ed picks uh wisteria is one of them i think um and don't i forget purple ones yeah purple ones that's what i remember (laughs) they were purple and so they have a lovely time they go to this bakery on the way back and uh sit out outside and um just continue to get closer um eventually uh we get we're introduced to calico jack rackham and benjamin hornigold who mm-hmm. is the gang leader the bag yeah. gang leader um and in the show is the like pirate that jack and blackbeard were like under hornigold wants ed to come back into the gang fully like he wants him integrated yeah. and is threatening to put jack back in charge of the tattoo studio and that mm-hmm. he's like i you know that way i 
at the very least, I know that Jack is loyal. Like, he doesn't have a single thought in his head. He's dumb as a right. doornail, but yeah. I know he's loyal uh, in a way that Edward is not. And Edward, yeah. obviously, is not happy with this for many reasons, but mainly yeah. being also, he sunk all of his savings to buy the studio. Like, it's right. his place. And he's yeah. like, you bought you, it. You can't just take that from me, and I'm not interested in being in your gang anymore. Right. Um, and Jack is not uh, pleased to hear this and is like, uh, over all the time and just like essentially harassing ed and by extension steed yeah well and that's what i was getting to is that eventually um he finds out i think from izzy or something that steed is in the picture yeah is very close to ed and so he goes over to threaten steed mm-hmm. um has like a, a pocket knife to his chin or whatnot and steed to his credit does not crumble in fact he does the opposite <laughs> he is yeah. very like confrontationally he's like uh, this doesn't scare me like you don't scare me yeah and so he's like puts the he literally psh, pushes the knife away from his throat and it's like okay well you've had your bit get out of my shop kind of a situation yeah even jack is like super surprised like okay cool and then the mo- <laughs> did not expect that yep yep i didn't expect it either yeah i, I don't think anybody did <laughs> jack eventually leaves and um steve crumbles he's like holy shit i don't know that i can do this he's like shaking and yeah. uh, in the, his kitchen and he gets a call from ed who sounds very like frantic and he's like hey where are you um yeah. and steve says oh I'm, I'm at home and ed says jack jack i just talked to jack and he said he he talked to you can i come see you i need to make sure that you're okay yeah. and steve says yeah okay and so he comes over and and ed looks a little rough like he's he's been in a fight we later find out he was in a fight with <laughs> he was indeed yeah uh with jack uh wherein jack uh whether in hornigold was telling him you can leave but you have to like essentially fight jack to like get out like that is the price of leaving yeah um and it says okay and fucks his shit up it comes comes to steed with jack's tooth embedded in his fist from like just yeah. how bad that fight was um and Steed has to take care of him and, like, yeah. nurses him back to health, puts him uh, in bed and is like, you know, you just got to rest. And then that evening, I think, they wake up to smoke and turns out that the tattoo studio has been set up on fire, mm. uh, arson by a brick and then a Molotov cocktail. Yeah. And they're like, gee, don't know who could have done this. I think the big confrontation with Jack happens after that. I think the fire comes first. There's a scuffle mm. over Steed's safety that I think you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, I, you're right. I think timeline wise, what happens is Steed, Steed and um, Steed and Jack have a confrontation. Yeah. Ed confronts Jack about it. There's a fight. Uh huh. It's not as bad as the one that happens later. Yes. And then the Hornigold and Jack order the arson against the tattoo shop and like things are escalating is the point yeah and that is basically the threat to steed's safety and the threat to ed's uh financial security and the the shop itself is what makes him go back to hornicle and say i'm fucking out yeah what do i need to do about it thank you and then he throws down with jack and wins yeah and that's it Uh and that's when he can make his clean break from them but like part of that is that like well he also like realizes much belatedly or sort of after the all of that goes down his house his trailer has also been burned down yeah as part of it has nothing now yeah so he has he's literally nothing but he's free yeah and so he's staying with steed obviously and now is is resting is recovering out for a few days kind of situation Mm -hmm. and they're falling into this uh uneasy relationship where they're like 
are they together? Are they not? Uh, Ed very much wants to be and is very clear about this. He's very clearly flirting. And Steve, to his credit, also has started to flirt back. And Lucius is like, get your shit together, boys, which is so on brand. It's so funny. It is so funny. Um, And so, but Steve is still just frozen, is paralyzed with like, I don't know what I want. And so... Mm -hmm. Uh, finally, finally, they uh, Ed comes home drunk one night mm-hmm. um, from ha- them having remodeled the tattoo studio. It's about to open again. Uh, comes home drunk one night and crawls into bed with Steed. And they have this heart-to-heart and start to make out. And mm-hmm. things are getting pretty hot and heavy. But Ed is very drunk. So they're like, yeah. all right, not tonight. But yeah. at least progress has been made mm-hmm. we're like yes finally the next morning they're in bed together steed is a little feeling a little like oh I, I don't know what to do with this they start to have uh they start to fool around mm-hmm. and ed i think gives steed a blowjob and steed finishes and then it's now in theory ed's turn right <laughs> and in then theory. in theory um and he gets a phone call. Steed gets Steed a phone call. Steed gets a phone call. Yeah. Uh, and Ed says, I swear to all that is holy on this planet if you answer that phone call. And Steed says, but it might be important. And answers the phone call and runs off. Because <laughs> he's such an asshole. Because he's such an asshole. And so there Ed is laying with blue balls, waiting yeah. for his turn. Blackbeard blue balls. <laughs> <laughs> nice sorry (laughs) um steed comes back super excited super hyped he's like oh my god this is great news we've got an offer for the shop for the flower shop and it is Mm -hmm. so fucking high he's like so yeah i'd be a fool not to like take it yeah um and now i've got the money to go out and travel and do all the things i've never gotten to do now for many reasons dear listener that does not sit well with ed yeah (laughs) namely one that ed lives here (laughs) yeah ed is staying with him he's just remodeled his house to shop he's just cut ties with the biker gang he's like i'm ready for my new start and he thought it was going to be at steed's side and steed is still not quite sure right and also ed didn't get a chance to (laughs) orgasm which isn't fair once again blackbeard (laughs) blue Blue balls balls. thank you for the title for this episode um and so ed leaves and is very upset and steed doesn't un- doesn't understand what he doesn't did wrong it. essentially he goes and talks to lucian he's like i don't know i think ed's upset and lucian says please tell me you did not answer that phone call while you were about to have sex yeah. <laughs> and then steed was like but it was important we're getting the shop and lucian essentially is like you're an asshole like yeah did you even think about like me or olu like we like working here yeah we like working for you specifically what he says is no one else would let me get away with not actually doing my job the way that <laughs> you do but that is basically like a declaration of devotion and lucius's yeah. whatever he's like did you not think about the fact that like maybe ed would have something to say about this like you were you were so thoughtless yeah exactly and so steed is now having a moment of like man maybe maybe i i he's come to a point where he has to make a decision and that scares him yes um he has a conversation with mary Mm -hmm. after he goes to see alma and louise uh like choir performance or whatever they're they're walking over to a restaurant the kids he moderately remembers he has yeah exactly (laughs) which is very canon (laughs) yeah actually um and he's having a conversation where he tells mary I, I'm, I'm essentially I'm with someone, and mm-hmm. Mary's like, "What's his name?" Because <laughs> yeah. it is a him, right? And yeah. Steed has to come out essentially, and he's well, it doesn't have to, but chooses to yeah. be vulnerable and say, "Yeah, uh, his name's Ed, and you know, I'm really scared of like not being enough, of not knowing what to do, and all of these situations, and you know, I I'm, I'm scared of of trapping someone else in with all my bullshit and." I'm trying to remember the words of wisdom she gives him. Um, but essentially, they 
boil down to like you're worrying about things too much like just yeah. just let it be be honest have a conversation um one of the things that i found really fucking hysterical is I think at some point he asks her like um he's like what if i don't know what to do during sex yeah um <laughs> uh, and she's like don't worry Infu- you are infuriatingly good at sex <laughs> <laughs> it's like frankly i'm pissed that that's true but you'll be fine <laughs> yeah yeah um it was one of the things i really resented about you <laughs> <laughs> Um. Oh, that's that's what that's why this moment means a lot. It's, it's, she's the one that tells him like you're gay, Steve, and that's okay. Like yeah. you don't have to worry about like what that means or anything. Just be happy. Yeah. And that kind of gives him the permission to finally be like, oh, I keep trying to run away from things. Like I keep yeah. trying to run because I, I feel trapped. But what if instead of trapping myself in this town, what I've actually done is I've grown roots. Right. And like I've made a life for myself and I actually for the first time in my life feel happy. Yeah. And that's okay to want things and to get the things that you want. Um, which has kind of been I really, really love how Steed and Ed are kind of on the same journey but on different tracks like yes it, it very much they both are having the same kind of internal battle but in entirely different contexts yes. about like wanting and letting yourself have nice things and and believing that you're deserving of those nice right. things is really really important um he, try, he tries to text uh, ed that night essentially saying hey I'm sorry. I was wrong. I I want to be with you. Yeah. I'm staying. I'm staying. Yeah. Thank you. And then (laughs) just not get a response. Yeah. He's like, oh no. Yeah. It's like, oh no. And so the fic closes out with um, Steed going over to the tattoo shop. He's like, I've had enough. We're going to have a conversation. And he finds that Jack is there uh, Mm -hmm. talking to Izzy. And Jack immediately antagonizes him. He's like his arms broken. It's in a sling kind of yeah. a situation. He missing looks rough. Some, missing some teeth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eight, one tooth to yeah. be sure. So while Jack is antagonizing Steed, he's like, "Well, I, I, I'm not here because I wanted to be here. Like Ed called me. I'm here because Ed called." And that immediately makes Steed super jealous because there's history between the between Jack and Ed. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, "That can't be right." Ed walks in and is super like like cross and says you know i'm just yeah i'm gonna sell back to jack like uh, i'm I'm out i'm out i'm gonna make my own way kind of situation and steve like immediately says you're being an idiot stop yeah and jack jack is antagonizing steve and in doing so talks about um like to ask steed like oh what's the matter like did you finally get bored of of blackie like Mm. you know did you finally realize that he's only good for like a roll in the hay but not yeah. much for anything else and that like that's all of uh ed's insecurities basically yeah. like splayed out throughout this entire fic that is his through line like that's what he's insecure about and steed is pissed and mm-hmm. punches jack and he's like absolutely loud we're not having that yeah and then jack punches steve yep and ed is furious yeah. <laughs> he's like god damn it no not no we're not doing that and so they kick out jack and he's like get the fuck out i don't want to see you ever again like jack yeah. was literally on his way out of town already anyway so right that's like settled um and ed fucking drags steed up to his to like his home and it's like all right let's go i gotta go clean your stupid wounds like he's still very angry at steed like i can't believe you antagonized him right. um and i am still angry at you like why are you allowed to like move your life and i'm not allowed to and steve yeah. has to be like if you hadn't blocked me or like if you if you read my messages you would know that i i'm not moving i'm staying here right and then it says well i blocked you that's, that's why i didn't get <laughs> I any blocked of your number <laughs> blocked your number and so they have which this- 
to be fair, yeah, valid, valid, absolutely. He fucked around. Yep, and found and out. found out, and then unfortunately was like, oh no, <laughs> so, <laughs> found yeah. out too late. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they have this conversation about Steed saying, "I'm no, I'm, I'm done running away. I'm, I'm here. I'm here for you. I want us to be together. This is home." Mm-hmm. And it's a happy ever after for them. They, yeah, yeah they settle into it, uh, and that's the fic. Thank you for hanging on for that absolute train wreck of a sam- summary. <laughs> it wasn't a train wreck. It was bad. It was a little choppy. Yeah, it was rough. You know, some other stuff happened, but that's okay. <laughs> it was, I mean, it's like, to be fair, I don't want to jump in on your assessment of things. But it's also a little bit of a choppy thick. Yeah. Um, a little bit. I had a, I had a good time. Thank you. I forgot I was not just giving a summary, but also my opinion. <laughs> I've never once forgotten to have an opinion. Oh, man. <laughs> I'll have opinions for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really, really enjoyed it. I had a really good time. Um, I feel like it utilized the tattoo shop mm-hmm. very well. I loved the the reframing of the pirates as like a, a gang or like yeah. something that is, you know, on the outskirts of like, oh, they, they're not, they don't abide by the rules right. necessarily. They're rough around the edges. Yes. Um, and I thought that that was a really smart uh, way to contextualize Edward's um, journey that he goes through in the show, yeah. but also just in fanfic form, which was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also really loved Steed's narrative arc. And I mm-hmm. loved, I love, I'm a sucker for a flower shop. Yeah. I loved I it. It was so sweet. And I like, know. oh man, their relationship is so cute. I find yeah. they're adorable. They have that like bickering kind of mm-hmm. uh, dynamic, which I adore. But also like immediately are both so like into each other that I think it's hilarious. It's idiots to lovers all the way. Oh yeah. Yeah. I had a good time. I do think that kind of my only um gripe with it really is that I, I do think maybe it's a little like on the um because it like it is very slice of lifey like it yeah. like it's segmented it's kind of hard to keep track of a, of a clear through line yeah um but i had a great time i thought that yeah. was lovely yeah i think this fic really recontextualizes canon well yeah which is what i was interested in um when i chose this fic I did what you do and I decided what fandom I wanted and then I had to go find one. So I actually put this in our Google doc, our spreadsheet Mm -hmm. without having read it first. It was a risk. Wow. It was a gamble. That is a gamble. Well, it's also one, this fic gets wrecked a lot. This is one that Ah. the fandom knows about. And like in terms of tattoo shop and our flag means death, this is one of the ones that gets talked about. Um, so I was like, I'm interested to know why it gets talked about. Yeah, and for I sure. think it does the recontextualization of the things that we love in canon really well. And that's probably why it has so many hits and yeah. is talked about. Um, I think Steed is an idiot <laughs> emotionally. And he spends a lot of canon hurting Ed and not realizing it. And mm-hmm. like that happens in this fic the whole time. Yeah. And it's not malicious. Right. He's just completely emotionally illiterate. And like he doesn't realize how the things he's doing come across. Mm -hmm. And then by the time he does, other things have happened. And he just is like, okay, well, I'm going to still do this thing that I do. And goes for the safe choice, which is to run. Yeah. And he does need that kind of kick in the pants that Mary gives him. Mm -hmm. And that is true in, in canon. And it's true in this fic as well. And I think... The use of Mary in that way is really, really great. I love that Mary is always his, like, his queer awakening is the <laughs> fact that he doesn't love his wife. Yeah. And his wife is like, you're gay, bud. Yep. Um, 
even though you're really good at the sex. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it'll be better if you have sex you actually want to be having. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just really good. I think it's a really good use of all of those things from canon. And I understand why people enjoy it. It is it is very true mm-hmm. to the original source material in ways that AUs sometimes aren't. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I think some of Steed's bravery in the face of Jack is a little out of character. I thought so too. Because he's a much more scaredy cat yeah. character, especially to start. He's very genteel, very sort of like prissy in a way, but not prissy in like a diminutive way. Just like he's very like clothes cleanliness doesn't like blood yeah you know squeamish doesn't want to be stabbed <laughs> those kinds of things are reasonable yeah are reasonable, reasonable uh, yeah reasonable stuff but like in this he's a lot more willing to throw down in ways that i was like oh, okay that's like that's like later steve i feel like it's gonna be season two steve it's yeah like throw down steve yeah well that's what i was about to say like it's really interesting that this fic like has that moment where in canon steed essentially turns his back on blackbeard like yeah. leaves him abandons him yeah um in the fic you kind of get that a sense of that big a bet- a betrayal happen right. where steed is going to leave right and ed is very hurt by it and yeah. so the the end of season one is like a scene a triumphant steed uh, in the canon yeah. end of season one we see a triumphant like steed like he's more self-assured he's sure in who he is now and like is sailing back to try and find his crew um but we don't have the ending yet, which is what right. this fic gave us, which was really yeah. interesting. And in canon, Steed did not choose to leave. Remember? No. He gets uh he gets waylaid when so he and Ed, they do the right of whatever the basically they take the out with the British army with the British um the Marines, yeah. and they're in basically like boot camp or yeah. whatever it is, and Ed is like, all right, we're gonna run away. Meet me at the dock. Oh, right. And Steed basically gets kidnapped by the commander guy who, like, made fun of him as a kid. Doesn't he get stopped? That's what happens, right? Oh, man. And he misses it. He misses it. Like, that's the point. But I thought it was his choice to miss it. Oh, well, I think he talks him. The commander guy basically talks him out of going. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, and he thinks he's doing Ed a favor by not showing up. Something like that. Something like that. Something like that. Second. It's been like I'm a year since it's, we do need to rewatch this. Yeah. Anyway, it's not necessary. It's not di- as as directly like I'm choosing to leave and run away. It is sort of like a there's there's an an instigating force yeah. is what I'm getting at, and it's interesting to recontextualize this as just another one of Steed's sort of like thoughtless gestures right. that gets twisted on him. I think that's an interesting change from the canon. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's all you know. It's a good time. It was a good time. I enjoyed it. I'm glad I finally read it. Um, there was a hot second where I was in the Our Flag Means Death fandom sphere, and then it was immediately superimposed with, uh, <laughs> like, superseded steady. by Steady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's nice to go back and read it now that it's a little bit, like, bigger and more, like, fleshed out. Mm-hmm. What I really want to get into and what I want to read more of that I think some some have pointed out in fandom, and I'm not deep enough into the fandom to know if this is true or not, is I want to read more Olu and Jim yeah. uh, fic, which I think has a less strident following. That's a bummer. Which is a bummer because they're canon. Um, but I'd be interested in that. And Lucius and Black Pete are also really funny together. And like the ensemble cast of this show that does crushes. something. Yeah, I was going to like, I feel like we got some moments with like Lucius. I think Lucius and Izzy had the most like yeah. screen time on this fic. Um, but we we saw a bit of Olu, we saw a bit of Jim toward the end yeah, too, but... but not a lot, which is interesting given that I feel like one of the biggest things to come from that fandom is the like 
found family like yeah um aspect of it uh which you would need the ensemble for yeah um but yeah yeah i think it's just a thing they focused on the the main yeah the, and that's the okay. main relationship yeah i we when we went to c2e2 please refer to previous episode um <laughs> i mostly in terms of like other than our panel the thing that i was most excited about was all the our flag means death stuff that happened that weekend yeah. it was a big our flag means death weekend and i met uh christian nairn who plays Wee john which is hilarious <laughs> that man is like eight feet tall <laughs> he is and he was wearing platform boots when i met him yes. so that was super fun too um i met uh samba shoot who plays roach the yep. the chef and I met Vico Ortiz, who plays Jim. Yes. And they were so incredible. It was such a good... Like, there's so much about this show that is so good and so, like, warm, fuzzy, whatever. A- every fandom has its problems. Every, you know, there's never a truly non- non-problematic non in 100% ways fandom. Mm-hmm. But this one was just, like, so fun. Yeah. It's like... And the energy around it is so... It's so queer. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is so great. And, like queer in a way that feels i I hesitate to say this having my experience feels like safe to be queer Mm -hmm. and like the showrunners or at least the the ones who we we've heard from seem to understand the responsibility of what they're Mm -hmm. doing in terms of offering a queer show and being unapologetic about it being a queer show because like most other shows would never have had a kiss on screen yeah and like they were like no these these men are gay yes (laughs) there's no ambiguity here (laughs) and like also these other characters non-binary queer yeah gay whatever they are they just exist they're they're doing their thing like all of these other pairings exist and they like are allowed to be funny and like have identities outside like they have personalities outside of their sexual orientation yeah which is like so cool so i'm really excited about season two i really really want it i need them to give it to me now i know (laughs) they filmed it it's coming soon it's gonna happen yeah it's gonna happen eventually it just has to get dropped so what would you rate this fic? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, that's a thing we do. I would say four. Nice. Yeah, that's wow. my feeling. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I'm doing great. You are. <laughs> my great average, average. My average is high. <laughs> I'm very happy. Um, so I guess I should talk about what you sent me. Yeah. What did I send you, Erin? A good question. Um, you sent me a fic called, parentheses, only if you'd like me to, and parentheses, I could fall in love with you, <laughs> by author, that's not relevant. <laughs> who's on first uh that's not relevant on ao3 the fandom is avatar the last airbender (laughs) and i'm thrilled oh my god i literally texted alan avatar (laughs) question mark question mark i "I gotta save all my other reactions for the pod (laughs) i cannot say anymore i love avatar the last airbender in college my best friend and i uh very intentionally rewatched avatar the last airbender episode by episode we did a total series rewatch over the course of our four years together oh, fun and we finished it my senior year oh and it's like very very important to me i love avatar i have very strong feelings about the relationships in avatar oh, and how they panned out oh boy yeah. it's a children's show so i understand why they <laughs> did certain things but i was like this is not correct you did it wrong um i have not seen avatar the the next one. legend of Korra. legend i have not Me seen Korra, um so i'm sorry in advance if there's canon from Korra that other people are like yeah they fix that or <laughs> i don't know i didn't watch it i just really love the last airbender yeah um the summary of this fic is 
Quote, I have an appointment in half an hour, Zuko huffed. I need to finalize my sketches and make sure I have the proper gauge needles. Did someone put a stick up your ass or did you shove one up there yourself so you had an excuse to be a total prick? Sokka asked, cutting him off. Zuko's scowl deepened. Go back to making your shitty lattes or whatever, he scoffed, waving Sokka off and falling back into his chair. Sokka and Zuko do not like each other. However, unbeknownst to them, they're actually best friends online, going under the pseudonyms of The Blue Spirit and Boomerang Guy 15. When Blue and Boomerang find out they both live in Hong Kong, they decide to meet up in person as soon as possible. Suffice it to say, things don't exactly go to plan. It's a good summary. Yeah. It's fine. It's, yeah. it's the fix. It's serviceable. It, yeah, it is. It is definitely serviceable. Um, I thought it was interesting and smart to set the... Uh, set this fic in the real world, in this case in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, the author's note does make sort of a point to say Hong Kong has a very tumultuous political landscape. It, there have been a lot of protests in the last few years. I, like the author, don't know enough about them <laughs> to speak about them with any authority or include them in this fic. So they were like not going to deal with any of that. Yeah. Just using Hong Kong as the setting because it's multicultural. It sort of suits the the many sort of facets of the show. Mm-hmm. I love that it's Barista uh, Soka and Tattoo Artist Zuko. I'm going to fuck up the names even though I know them deeply. That's fair. And I'm trying really hard not to do the M. Night Shyamalan thing where I like fuck up the names really badly. <laughs> but it's just because I don't say the names out loud very often. Yeah. Um. And so whatever. Sure. They're great. Uh, and I wrote, <laughs> my very first note is, hmm texting (laughs) like the like the summary says basically it starts off with some discord chatting between soka and zuko and they are little internet buddies and they don't realize it and they're just like you know we met online and this is the thing and like they're really close and they've been chatting for a long time and uh soka is going to work he's very early in the morning he's a barista he works with suki he works with a couple other people um and suki's always like how's your dating life what's going on (laughs) and he's like i don't know and they had previously dated and it was basically like yeah i realized i was gay (laughs) because of suki um and so they're friends like they're very close friends Mm -hmm. the coffee shop that they work at is adjoined by a tattoo parlor where zuko works along with ty lee and my <laughs> and uh is it may it's may. may thank you sorry my hi my <laughs> <laughs> i had that whole yeah same uh-huh spelled the same yep so uh you know they share basically is introduced because it's like they share a bathroom and also there's this adjoining tattoo parlor and soka very often brings ty lee coffee because and that's how they sort of became friends is ty lee really needed a coffee one day and was like I'll, I'll pay you when you get over here just like please i need coffee now so soka will go over to the tattoo shop and Zuko and him do not get along at all. It's an enemies to lovers situation. And <laughs> it's because Zuko is theoretically or seemingly dating Jet. Yeah. And Jet was previously with Katara and broke up with Katara. And Soka is under the impression that he probably cheated on Katara or otherwise broke up with Katara to get with Zuko. And Sokka's like, fuck you, Zuko, for dating that asshole. Um, But they kind of, like, they bitch at each other, and they set each other off, and then they can just, like, escalate. Like, even Sokka at one point says, we probably would have just, like, faded off into obscurity, and, like, we wouldn't, like, I would have gotten bored. But it's just so fun to, like, bitch at each other and, like, get at each other's throats that, like, it has continued to be a thing. He's like, my other friends don't understand why we don't like each other this much. Aang and Zuko are kind of like friendly. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it's just, they just like, meh. <laughs> but while all this, you know, in real life bickering is happening, they continue to be t- 
text buddies and they don't know that each other is this. So, of course, as with any good fanfic, they decide that they're going to meet up. The chat, the two internet buddies, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, my God, they say I think um, Soka points out that he's going to like a noodle shop somewhere and it's in Hong Kong and it's near his apartment. And Zuko was like, wait, this noodle shop? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, are you in Hong Kong? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, are you in Hong Kong? And he's like, yeah. And they realize that they could theoretically meet up and immediately decide they're going to do that. And they're like, this is great. And they're like, here's what we're going to do. To add a little flair of spice to this experience, we're going to show up at this uh, you know, place and we're going to each hold a flower. <laughs> the chrysanthemums. Yes. One is red, one is white. And that's what we're going to do. And they're like, okay, you could just send me a selfie. That's, a, <laughs> that's an option. And he's like, no, no, no. Drama. We live for the drama mm-hmm, of it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the next day, you know, Sokka's all ready. He's told everybody that it's going to happen. Everybody's so excited for him because, like, people know that he has this online friend. And everybody's kind of like, mm, boyfriend, online boyfriend. Ooh, you're finally meeting him. I hope he's cute. And they're all like, okay, just, like, keep us posted. And he's like, okay, this is really fun. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, kind of, like, happy about it. And he goes and he shows up at the restaurant and he sees Zuko holding the flower. And he's like, oh, no. And what I wrote was, oh, no, this is not going to go poorly. I said, this is going to go poorly, isn't it? <laughs> and it does. Uh, Soko walks up to him and he's like, hey, what what you doing here, man? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> and he's like, I'm meeting someone. Get lost. And he's like, oh, your boyfriend, Jet? And he's like, no. Also, like, meh, we broke up forever ago. Like, what right. are you talking about? And Soko's like, oh, fuck. That was the whole reason I hated you. When did you break up? He's like, months ago. He's like, oh, no, I've been hating him unnecessarily for months. I've been a dick. And he goes, well, are you, you know, yes, basically he's trying to figure out why he's there. And it's, it becomes like he cannot avoid the reality of the situation is that he's like, yeah, this is he's here to meet me. Because um, Zuko's like, would you get lost in trying to meet someone? And it's like, oh, fuck. So, you know, Soka has the flower, but it's like hidden. Like he has not outed himself right. as the, the friend. And uh, so he leaves. So Zoko leaves. Um, nicely enough, he does text him and say, I've had a family emergency. I'm so sorry. I can't meet you. And Zuko texts back, you know, that's totally fine. Like, he's really sweet about it. Let mm-hmm. me know if I can do anything for you. But it does set up the dynamic where Soka knows Zuko doesn't. Mm-hmm. And Zuko has no reason to not continue texting his friend. Right. And that is not a good dynamic to be in. <laughs> it's not great. Um, but... It is what it is. Katara is in medical school, which is super fun. Yeah. And Aang also works at the coffee shop. And as a sort of side quest to this whole situation, (laughs) they're also very clearly sort of gravitating towards each other again. They'd previously dated in secondary school, broken up. And like Aang had like held a candle for Katara for years or whatever. And while Sokka is dealing with his bullshit is like, Ooh, what's going on over there? But Katara won't tell me. Hmm. And so there's just like a lot of interpersonal sort of like fun kind of like high school drama happening. He decides, Soka decides that, you know, Aang is friends with Zuko. They could have their friend groups together. He's like, I need to apologize for being an asshole. I have been treating him poorly almost exclusively because of this jet situation this whole time. I made a lot of assumptions. That was wrong of me. Also, he's like my best friend in the world and he doesn't know that. Mm -hmm. So I need to make him friends with me in real life to like fix this. And eventually I'll tell him that I'm boomerang. Eventually. But we're not going to worry about that. (laughs) That's Um, a later problem. And so he makes, he texts Tylee and he's like, does Zuko drink coffee? And she's like, no, but he takes his tea. Uh, He drinks tea, jasmine tea. And he goes, oh, right. Okay. And he goes back 
into his texts and he finds that uh, Zuko has talked about tea before in a very specific way that his uncle, Uncle Iroh, yes. favorite character alert, um, makes tea, like Jasmine tea, a very specific way. So he makes the tea that very specific way and brings it over to the tattoo shop. And Zuko basically rightfully greets him with like, all right, you're going to ask me about another stick up my ass or what? <laughs> and he's like, no, I actually owe you an apology. I feel like I have made some errors <laughs> and just been a jerk to you for no reason. I thought you were dating Jet, like whatever. Um, you know, after we ran into each other yesterday, I gave it some more thought and like I have been wrong to be a little asshole to you. Um, I brought you this tea as sort of like a peace offering. I was an asshole. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And Zuko's like, is this a joke? <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm very serious. Like, sorry, mea culpa. And Zuko's like, oh, okay <laughs> and they just kind of like they kind of tentatively start to become friends yeah um they they're sort of on this tentative ground they start he zuko makes some joke about bringing him tea every day and like he's like well, yeah sure i'll come by and he starts bringing making tea for him when he brings tylee's coffee over at one point uh soka's having a really tough time with his grad school work and it's basically like midnight and he's just desperate for something and he sees the brownie mix in his cupboard he's like that's what i want i want brownies and i want them right now and he has everything to make them except for vegetable oil (laughs) so he goes to the 24 hour basically bodega kind of thing and tries to go get the vegetable oil to make the brownies but then he forgot his wallet when he left so he doesn't have money to buy the vegetable oil to make the brownies and he's about to have a breakdown which we've all done we've all had that moment of like i just want one thing to like fix my life and this one thing is completely out of grasp for me and now i'm going to lose it (laughs) gonna make fucking lose it um and who is, is behind him in line except zuko who pays for his vegetable oil and is like actually what's up (laughs) why are you here getting vegetable oil at midnight (laughs) that's a weird thing to need (laughs) and he sees something in soka that's like "Uh, come with me do you trust me and zuko's like "Mm, this has been two weeks ago the answer would have been no but you know now we're gonna be friends sure also you're this online friend that i haven't told you about so yes i trust you implicitly and he's like okay so he zuko's like come with me and he takes him to iroh's tea shop boba tea shop in the dead of night and he's like come on in what kind of tea do you want and Sokka's like, you make tea? The fuck? You're a barista? You hate people. You do you do tattoo stabby things. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I used to do this. And now I do tattoos and it's fine. Um, when my, he gives him this whole tragic backstory about his dad and, you know, Azula mm. taking the whatever. And uh, <laughs> it's kind of irrelevant. Um, you know the story. It'll come back. It'll come around in a minute. So he takes him in for to make boba tea. And he's like, all right, what do you want? And he makes him this incredible boba tea. And they have this like sort of heart to heart conversation. And. Zuko's like, how did you know that I like needed this? And Zuko's like, well, you only go to the bodega at midnight for to make brownies if you're having basically a mental breakdown. Um, <laughs> I've been there, and I didn't want you to be there. And this is where I come when I'm having a breakdown. It happens like once or twice a week. You're more than welcome to come with me. <laughs> so they just sort of like bond more deeply. Mm. And uh, Soka decides to invite Zuko to go with the gang g-a-a-n-g to dim sum (laughs) and uh zuko's like oh that would be great are you sure like do you want me to hang out with your friends and so zuko because he's has a friend online basically texts soka on unknowingly and is like you know the guy at work that i didn't like and Mm. soka's like yeah He's like, I, I, I guess we just kind of like reconciled and it's been a whole thing. I didn't text you about it before, but he invited me out to, with his friends on Friday and I'm afraid I'm going to make a fool of myself or like he's going to regret it. Like, I don't know what to do. And Soka continues to pretend to not know what's going on and is like, 
I'm sure you'll be fine. Just be yourself. He wouldn't have invited you if he didn't mean it. Like, you know, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It's fine. Like, but you'll be fine. You're a likable person. Just go have fun. And dim sum goes great. <laughs> like, they have a good time. They, like, they go out and decide, you know, they go and have all their stuff. Like, Soka and Zuko order food together because they both like the same things. And, like, Soka makes a point to include Zuko in the conversations. And he gets along with the group really well. There's actually some sort of history with him and Toph. Mm-hmm. But family history, specifically. Toph is also from, like, a very high, like, highly, like, wealthy business family. And some of the background of Zuko is that his father is in business. And, mm-hmm. you know, really, like, gave the, wound up giving the business to Azula instead of Zuko. And basically kicked kicked Zuko out of the family and all that kind of stuff. So Toph kind of knew of his family name and it was a kind of a moment of contention, but it worked out totally fine. They decided to then follow up Dim Sum by going out to the bar and getting a little uh, drunk. And Aang's like, I know a guy, we're good, <laughs> which is so funny. And he shows up and it's Boomy. Boomy. <laughs> I fucking love Boomy. And uh, Boomy owns a bar, like a huge hotel. And he's like, I'm loaded. Drink whatever you want. I yeah. don't care. Have fun. He's like 100 years old. And he takes them up as VIPs and just like has a good, good time. And they just go out and they just have a good night. And it's great. And what I wrote at this point was, Sophie, you got to tell him, dude. You got to tell him. <laughs> you got to speak this up. This whole time you're just sitting there with this knowledge that like, you got to tell him. Mm-hmm. Like, this is bad. Yeah. You're really hiding this important information. It all kind of comes to a head when um, Azula comes to the tattoo shop and uh, basically tells Zuko hey dad wants you to come to this giant gala it's our most important thing of the year and it we're starting a new marketing strategy based on a family-owned business which means you have to show up because your family and zuko's like he kicked me out of the fucking family there's an implication that he abused the shit out of him mm-hmm. and like it doesn't ever say that but like he has all these scars and like saka has seen them and been like what is that and he like won't tell him but mm-hmm. it's pretty clear that it's from his father and, you know, Azula is Azula. She's, like, very straight to the point, concise. Like, and, But in an interesting sort of twist from the canon, Azula's like, I know I have no right to ask this of you. I have made it such that if you do this one thing, I can get you out of all the other obligations for the rest of the year. But you do have to show up to this and you have to not fuck it up. I will do this for you. Like, will you do this for me? And they have this sort of moment of, like, interesting and Mm. i was like oh what a fascinating and well done take on azula without the breakdown like because in canon obviously she she does completely just lose her mind and this was i thought a very thoughtful and interesting way to have azula be quote unquote a bad guy without being a bad guy at all and understanding that she is also abused in Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways and so zuko agrees but he's like can i bring a plus one she's like yeah sure whatever you want you know these things always come with dates. And he goes, okay, Sokka, do you want to come with me? <laughs> and he's like, sure, free food, free champagne, I'm down. You want me to fuck shit up? I'll do that too. Um, and Zuko's like, mm, I'll let you know. <laughs> so they go to this gala. It's a great time. Sokka actually like completely charms the pants off of like all of these like high investors, does great. Like people are like, Zuko can take it or leave it, but like what a charming young man he's with. <laughs> like we don't understand why Zuko's with him. Like he's great, um, which is kind of funny. And Zuko thinks it's funny. Like he doesn't take offense. Right. Um, and Sokka's like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Like they run into, um, what's his name? The shitty uncle from the fire nation oh, and the basically, captain, yeah. yeah, basically tell him to get fucked. And it's really fun. They have a good time. Um, and 
uh, in when they're getting ready for the gala, Soka comes over to the apartment and meets Iroh. And Iroh's like, <sighs> you know, he's like, oh, it's so nice to finally meet you. Like, your tea shop is beautiful. And he's like, oh, you've been? And he was like, yeah, only at night. And <laughs> Iroh was like, hmm? He's like, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't mean to say it. Like, I'm sorry. We just I didn't went. want to intrude. Yeah, I didn't want to intrude. And he was like, no, I'm just surprised that Zuko took you at night. And it just kind of gets cut off before they have to go to the gala. Yeah. But, like, there's an implication that Iroh is like, hmm. Zuko doesn't do that. Yeah, Zuko doesn't do something's up. Um, and then finally they reach a point where Soka is like, okay, we gotta, I gotta end this. Like, I gotta tell him. Things are clearly moving. Oh, it's because Zuko kisses him. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a moment towards the end, and I cannot remember off the top of my head if it's at the end of the gala or if it's a slightly separate event. It's, it's slightly separate. It's when um, Sokka is sick. Oh, yes. Sokka gets sick, and then Zuko comes to take care of him. So sweet. Can't believe I forgot that. Um, but so, yeah, they're, he's not feeling well, and then he starts to feel better, I guess. And uh, Zuko kisses him, but then immediately he's like, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have done that. There's someone else. Mm-hmm. And Sokka's like, mm, he likes Boomerang. And th- he says, you know, I have this online friend. I, I cannot, in good conscience, make out with you or, like, move this forward while i still hold a candle basically have feelings for this right. other person and so like i totally understand go get him like if he doesn't like you if he doesn't like you for you then he doesn't deserve you anyway and at that yeah. point i'm like Saga, <laughs> you need to tell him this is you cannot keep lying to him and so the next thing is that they text and they decide to meet up again try meeting up again boomerang and blue spirit and Sokka's like okay this is it i for real have to tell him i'm anticipating that he will be angry at me but i cannot live this lie anymore he needs to know when they meet up, he's like, they show up, they do the whole like flower thing again. And Zuko's like, you? <laughs> what? And Sokka's like, I know, I'm sure you're very angry. And Zuko's like, no, I'm not angry at all. And me and Sokka were like, why? <laughs> you were ready to be angry. I was so ready for an angry <laughs> confrontation. And Zuko's like, no, I'm just shocked that the thing that I wanted is the thing that I got because that doesn't happen to me. And Sokka's like, you get me baby and then they're boyfriends <laughs> and that's kind of the thing they like have a really they have it all out they decide that they're going to be together um they are together there's a couple of little like sn- slice of life scenes after them hanging mm-hmm. out with the gang and all that kind of stuff and it's very cute and sweet i was so on board until that moment because i was like there should have been a confrontation <laughs> no this was building to them having some kind of thing like there should i just was very confused yeah. it felt a little bit cock blocky <laughs> but angsty <laughs> cock blocky where i was like i want there to be a much longer discussion no! about this it was delightful yeah. that's the end of the fic basically it, it just kind of wrapped up i felt like it was good but the end wrapped up so quickly and without any like i feel like i missed out on some fun drama that could have happened yeah i i can see that i had the same thought where i was like oh much like you the whole time i was like saka please just say something just yeah. speak up bro yeah um, you gotta I, yeah I was I w- was fully expecting there to be this like angsty like I can't believe you would betray my trust kind of a situation. Right. And so to reach the end and to have Zuko essentially be like no this is best case scenario like I was like deep down hoping it was you but knowing that that was impossible because I don't get the things I I want usually yeah. and to have it happen it was just such a nice like I was glad that it got a happy ending. I was like it's so it's like I get the the whole like there should have been a conversation um about what all that entailed. Yeah. Um I agree. 
but I think we have enough of the angsty <laughs> fix that it's nice when there's a one that is just like, oh yeah, that's chill. Sounds like I've been desperately trying to find one fluffy <laughs> fic to send you in a sea of angst. No, I just think we missed out on some of the fun, like, like that's part of it. Like that's part of the story. I feel like we missed out, like it was building to that narratively and then for it to not come to fruition felt kind of kind of disappointing in a way it like, was the road trip of, of this it <laughs> was that was my road trip it was the checkoffs no confrontation <laughs> um and i also to an extent thought that it was a little out of character for zuko where i was like okay yeah, like zuko as a character is much more sort of like zen in this than yeah. in like this is this is season like this is f- end of Yes. The end of end the of series. Yeah, Zuko and not early Zuko. Yeah. Which is totally I fine. Liked, yeah. yeah. Like I get that decision and it makes total sense. Especially given he has done like all of his like work to like separate himself from, from his, his family, family and yeah. all of that. So that made sense. But even that, I felt like he would have that little bit of fire in him about something like that. Cause I was like, he's a spicy boy. <laughs> <laughs> he had some he, he gave as good as he got. Like even if it was brief, I wanted them to have just like a little bit more to talk through I think about that's it. That's very fair. Yeah, yeah, agreed. But it was a good time anyway. Yeah, I, it didn't it didn't ruin it for me. That's great. I I also want to. I think it bears mentioning that this is apparently a you've got mail AU. Oh, and I've not seen you've got mail, but I wonder if that's not how that also ends. Uh kind <laughs> of. Wow, it's been a long time since I've seen You've Got Mail. I've heard it did not age great. <laughs> no. Um, it, If I recall correctly, there is an element of it where they're cool with it at the end, but like they have to go through that there's process. There's still something. There. Yeah, there's still a bit of yeah. a confrontation. That's very fair. If I remember, I might not remember correctly. That does help add some context. I did not apparently read that tag. You didn't read the tags, Aaron? I usually do. I guess I just <laughs> missed her, that one. Get her. <laughs> I just, I missed it. I've been really obsessed with the idea. It's not in the tags. It's in the additional tags. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. I'm looking right at it. Oh, but... God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you want to bet? Here's the thing. I missed it when I first read it, and then I missed it when I just double checked it, which tells you I read the tags, but <laughs> missed it anyway. Wow, that's incredible. Multiple times. <laughs> I just didn't see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. It's yeah. because I can actually tell you why it is. Because yeah. all of the other alternate universe tags are alternate, alternate universe, universe dash something. something. And that's why I missed it. It's very fair. Is my excuse and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That does actually lend some, that makes some sense. Yeah. I've been really obsessed with the idea of like, I've come across a few others. I haven't read them because I, in theory, had not watched the rom-com. I haven't watched this one either, but mm-hmm. I was like, I need a tattoo shop and I just I just finished Avatar for the first time in my life. So in we go. This is new to you? Yeah. I Ooh, like, Tell me all about it. Well, <laughs> I had seen like episodes, obviously, like in yeah, childhood and like with other friends. And I knew like, I, again, it was one of those things that I was like, I know this is going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I'm really going to enjoy it. I just was not a TV person for mm-hmm. such a long time. And then uh like last year i was like i really want to i really want to make the the what what like the um it's not a plight but it's like it's a name for endeavor um 
pilgrimage pilgrimage yes thank you <laughs> you're welcome i wanted to make that pilgrimage yeah. i wanted it to be like i it's a rite of passage let's go and watch it yep um and so i started it i watched the first two books and then got part way through book three and then life got really crazy for me yeah and so i stopped and then very recently i was like oh i still have book three I yeah. should, and so I restarted book three and watched it to the end, found the fic, and I was like, "This is gonna do lovely." lovely. And yeah, I mean, I loved it. I thought it was really, it was really fun. Uh, I thought all of the characters were really lovely. You're so good. Um, Uncle Iroh is, in fact, the best character in 100%. that in that show. Hundred percent. Um, that is non-negotiable. Yeah. Close second is Toph. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Toph, hilarious. I yeah. love that little girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I loved it. I really, really, really loved it. Um. I had issues with the like pacing. I don't like filler episodes. And even when they mm. are very good, like mm-hmm. to be clear, one of the best episodes in Avatar The Last Airbender is a filler episode. Mm-hmm. It is Uncle Iroh's episode. Yep. Um, but I think that there was just a little too many for me. Do you not like, like yeah. the episode where they go underground and they find the secret tunnel? <laughs> secret tunnel. I like it, but I'm like, I'm. It's just, they didn't it's, like the play one? It's. Uh, I, oh my god i, I love did that episode. but also that happened it was the second to last episode true i was like what the fuck oh, i yeah. uh, the, we reached a point at which i'm like i just want the resolution <laughs> i want Fair. the narrative resolution I love but it. i understand that as a tv show maybe you're trying to spread it out a little more yeah but it just felt like at a certain points i was like annoyed by by the fillers i was like there's too yeah. much filler i guess you can do it you can have that belief that's fine yeah, i know i know i'm wrong it's not uh, that you're wrong it's that you have an unpopular opinion yeah that's true that yeah. is true um and i can have that about this i feel yeah. fine with it like if i rewatch it i would probably be a little more discerning with what episodes i would rewatch. yeah like the the one that immediately sticks out to me is like i don't need, necessarily think i needed to watch the one where what is it the, the ghost spirit of that woman in that town and then they had to go and destroy the fucking yeah. fire nation like oil rigs that were plighting the fucking town i think that's a little bit plot important how i don't know it's all kind of there <laughs> it's not it doesn't it doesn't advance the plot in any way yeah, it's all good i liked it so it was important <laughs> there could be an argument made for like the, the filler episodes being like you get to see more of how the fire nation's yes. attack has impacted the rest yes. of the of the world which i'm like yeah yeah whole wholly there for and it fleshes out the characters too (laughs) it like it rounds out the characters like some of that stuff like there's the episode like i don't think this was a filler episode but like they spend enough time where you like learn so much about how katara is like very impulsive in some ways very hot-headed hiding a lot of anger and that leads to her learning how to bloodbend kind of accidentally like is tricked into it basically yeah um and like all of that kind of those filler episodes contribute to that and it's the same with a lot of the other characters where sometimes the filler episodes is where you get those little insights that make sense later yeah and i i would agree with that i just think that there's there are some episodes that don't contribute to that to the narrative overall i think like that bloodbending one is a i don't even know if you could call it necessarily a filler. a filler um but there are episodes that I'm like, yeah, that makes sense to have. And then there are other episodes that I'm like, I can see why, but you don't need it. Like, it, you have enough with everything else on the plate. Secret tunnel. <laughs> Secret, Secret tunnel. tunnel. Big finish. <laughs> Secret tunnel. I love that show. It was good. Yeah. Um, but back to the fic we're actually talking sure. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I liked it. Yeah, it was good. That's great. What would you rate it out of five? Um, I think one of the things that I that to me it didn't do as well and we'll explain in the rating, um, is that it's a lot of telling and not 
showing. Yeah. So for me, as we've talked about in previous seasons, I much prefer a fic where things happen and you are shown them rather than somebody being like, and then we went to dim sum and then mm-hmm. we did this and this is what this was. And yeah, yeah, it's a lot of just sort of like telling you what's going on. So I would say this is probably like a 3.3. I'll take that. Like it is good. Yeah. It rounds up. It's like, it's a good time. Yeah. Um, It just wasn't something, I think I had a couple of just sort of like that kind of like, wasn't for me. Yeah. You know, I guess super that. extraordinary, but I had a great time. Oh, good. I enjoyed it. And it reads fast. Yeah. And it it's reads a, it's smoothly. A quick, it, it, yeah. I, I, I think rom-com is exactly what I would think. Totally. Like, yeah. It gives us vibe. And there's lots of good little throwbacks to canon that if yeah. you're looking for them, you get them. Um, I think Zuko has a turtle duck tattoo. Yeah. And I just wrote, turtle duck. <laughs> they are cute. Um, And like Iroh and Toph at the end, like literally pop out of a hedge because they see uh, Soka and Zuko like meeting up or whatever. And they're like, we're just happy that you're together. Goodbye. And they just like, they goof off. Um, Toph is a professional wrestler in this, um, which is so good. And Boomy is a former professional wrestler. And when they go to the bar and meet, Toph is like, oh my God, you're the king. Like, oh my God. And like just steals Boomy. And it's like, my turn now. (laughs) Like He's mine forever. And it's super fun. Um, One of Zuko's stories of like the Katara when they're at Dim Sum trying to break the ice is like what's the weirdest thing somebody's ever wanted you to tattoo on them and zuko's like there's this one guy who just really liked cabbages cabbage guy we love cabbage <laughs> and they're guy. like did you even get his name and they're like no it's just cabbage guy it's <laughs> <laughs> like yes! yes so just it really like it was a very fun thing to read if you knew the canon yeah. we're looking for all those little easter eggs it was just a fun time love that and i love that about fanfic that yeah. you can do that and like give your audience like total fan service and just have fun with it. Like that mm-hmm. was what I think it did really well. Was it was just fun. Yeah. Um, I am a Zutara truther. I think Katara and Zuko had a more interesting dynamic in the show than Katara and Aang did. Yeah. But I don't think they would have ever, ever gone with that in the show. It doesn't make a whole lot of like it's the more sort of children's network friendly choices. Aang and Katara. It's very more traditional. Whatever. Yeah. Well, I think. No, I, I but I can see that. I mean, they, yeah. they there's a moment in book two where they're like trapped together, and they like that yeah. have that moment where they get really close. So I can see. Yeah. yeah where well, that, they were like yeah. so enemies. It's like yeah. again quintessential enemies to lovers situation. And Katara rightfully hates Zuko. Yeah. Because Zuko and his father like destroyed her family. Her home. Yeah. Yeah. Her homeland killed her mother. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> seemingly. Just straight up. Um. Seemingly anyway, and it was just like one of those things that like. You know, it made total sense for that arc. So I was just like, eh. um, and I know there's, I, I think tangentially that there is some fandom drama about that. Like the, I think there's some like very strong feelings in the fandom about certain pairings and Zutara is a very well fought for ship. Like it's the one that people are like, Mah! and throw down for, I think I could be wrong. I might cut this just in case, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I never really liked Aang and Katara getting together. Yeah. I thought that was kind of weird. That's but, fair. But I like Zuko and Soka, yeah. uh, because it's kind of a similar thing. Yeah, but Soka's more of an idiot, and I love him. Yeah, he's so dumb, but he's not dumb at all. But he's so dumb. Yeah, he's silly. He's very he's silly. Very silly. Yeah. Some occasionally he gains control of the brain cell. Yeah, yeah. He again is a plan is the plan guy. Yes. Yeah. So it, that makes he's sense. Also, just very funny. Yeah, he's a, he's, he's a, a sweetheart. He's a goofball. One thing I really liked about the fic that it, I was really interested in the way that they the author like really blended Hong Kong into the like yes. narrative of mm-hmm. the of the fic like so many like landmarks and like parks and like mm-hmm. actual restaurant names yeah. and like this street or this neighborhood and I was like 
man, that is like I was able to like Google and kind of get an idea of where they're walking. I thought yeah. that was so cool. And real food and yeah. like all this sort of attention to detail was there. Yeah, I yeah. I, I appreciated that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. But I, uh, yeah, I agree. I, I thought it was a, a lovely time, very fun. Good times were yeah. had by all. An hour and a half. Look at that. Look at and that. so much of that is going to be cut because it was just me <laughs> silently trying to parse through a, a fic. Panicking. Oh, man. Being I feel like, so bad about that. Steve, Ed, 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 oh, Steed, Ed, Ed, Steed, Eddie, Ed, Eddie, 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 Ed, Steed, uh, uh, Steed word, you know, Steed word. <laughs> SpongeBob. And on that note, dear <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Ooh, I've lost it. It's time to go. Um. Aaron, where could people find us? On the internet, probably. Yeah. I think the best place to go is go to our website. Theficklist.com. Yeah. That, that'll give you the links to all of our social media. You can find us on Twitter, uh, on the TikTok app, which is where you can find the most engagement. Yes. Um, you'll also find links. to Our link tree has all of these. Um, yep. Tumblr. Our, our Tumblr, run by the inimitable Caitlin. Um, whomst we love. Whomst we love. Yes. Absolutely. Um, we've got the master rec uh, document on there linked so that you can follow along with the fix that we've read uh, if you are so inclined. Uh, we are also doing Ko-Fi slash coffee. I don't know what it's called. We do. It's Ko-Fi, I think. But also, um, we have a handful of people who have donated to us on Ko-Fi oh. um, who we should have shouted out in the previous episode, but we're going to do right now um, because... They're awesome, and we love them. And yes. this is folks who have donated since the last time we did shout-outs, which was at the end of last season. Let me pull up your names. Um, you contributed to this soundboard that is right here <laughs> um, that we are using. You have, you have uh, directly contributed to the hopefully improved sound yes. of the thick list. 100%. So we would like to shout-out Liao, L-I-O-W. Um, you said so many lovely things about our podcast. Um, they've been listening to this podcast for a while and adore it. It's even inspired them to make their own fan fiction book club with their friends. <gasps> Yay! Oh, how fun! Thank I you. love that. Isn't that so sweet? Thank you for donating thank and thank you. you for that really, really sweet message. Oh. Uh, Shahar, <gasps> love y'all's podcast and the passion you have for fanfic. It makes them happy to read fanfic. Oh. Smiley face. Thank you, thank you. Uh, and we have uh let's see sad little nerd king <laughs> yes sad little nerd king did not leave a message but is actually a longtime magicians fellow fan Aww. person so that definitely came welcome from sorry connection. for the lack of magicians content yeah recently. i'm not i think we needed to take a break oh. friendo um and our first and currently only recurring donor <gasps> oh member yay. friend of the pod dion dion yeah. yay Dio diane d-i-o-n-e I'm very please tell me if i am mispronouncing your name but thank you thank you thank you like we have a monthly tier that is a dollar a month friends and that is intentional because we want to literally any dollar is helpful and also it was like something to be like this is a way that does genuinely add up but could theoretically be something that you don't miss maybe in right. this economic like if you have a dollar to spare right exactly and uh so literally that membership tier is just a dollar or more per month and it is so appreciated and having even one person i'm like so grateful to you i need you to know dion that like that came through and it like blew my mind that somebody would actually 
donate reg- to us regularly so thank you thank you thank you thank you to everybody who's ever donated to our ko-fi and thank you to anybody who maybe is considering it we have vinyl stickers of our logo that you can get um through our ko-fi shop we have some ko-fi little label things that you get you can unlock by donating it's like you don't have to ever you don't have the discord which is 18 plus the fic list um <laughs> you don't have to donate to us on ko-fi to access it but if you do and you connect to it that way it'll like basically say like ko-fi member donor thing um so it'll just give you a little like like a little badge yeah like a little badge thing which is super fun um yeah and we're super grateful yeah Always. really really truly um any little bit helps so thank you uh for that if if you find yourself wanting to support us and don't have the like monetary um wherewithal currently please feel free to uh tell tell your friends about us mm-hmm. you can find our podcast on spotify on soundcloud on audible yeah. anywhere that we could find in our rss feed we have stuck it on um, if there's a way to rate or review, please uh, please feel free to leave us some kind words there. It'll, it really helps us engage uh, with a wider audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking it out with us <laughs> <laughs> for the last several hours. <laughs> and a final happy pride to happy you. Happy pride! <laughs> Woohoo! Get lit! Have fun! Woo! I thought you were going to say get laid and I was like, Aaron. <laughs> no. Well, if you want to get if laid like to, and you find a partner sure. who also is enthusiastically consenting, please have fun. <laughs> please do so safely. That's, I mean, a big part of pride. Just like make good choices, I guess. <laughs> That's what I used to tell my kids at summer camp. <laughs> I'd be like, all right, everyone, go have a good day. Make good choices. And they'd go, no. <laughs> and I'd go, well, then make choices. <laughs> <laughs> make choices you'll have to live with. Yeah, live with the consequences. <laughs> anyway, make good choices, friends. We love you. And goodbye. Bye. Bye.